One, two, three, four. Gentlemen, introducing a man who only brushes his teeth with willow and oak sticks and no toothpaste. It's Joe Robinson. <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome to another edition of Barefoot and Bearded. Looking at the website calendar, on Wednesday the 13th of June at 10 a.m. we have Falls Canyon. On Thursday the 14th at 10 a.m. we have Barefoot at Wood Canyon. On Friday at the 15th we have Silverado Owl at 7 p.m. On Saturday it's our foraging, fiddling, and fables at the Orange Homegrown Farmer's Market. Uh, and uh, we also have a night hike that evening at 7 p.m. at Ice House Canyon. And then... Sunday is Father's Day, so hopefully everybody, all the fathers will be celebrating that. And then the following week, we have uh, the Ponhe Nature Trail on the 22nd, Black Star Alprowl uh, also on the 22nd in the evening, and the Pirate Sea Cave on the 24th. For event details, check our website calendar or call 714-649-9019. Naturalist for you. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Where are you from? And why are you here? I am Jamie Sue Heber, and I am from Old Town Orange. I've lived there my whole life, still there. And I'm here because you are a good friend, and I support what you do. And I've been really excited about this. And it's really nice to talk to someone that is as passionate about what they do and who they are as I am. Ooh, that was a nice answer. Uh, <laughs> so, um, background. Uh, I know you, you're Old Town Orange, but that what do you do? And how do we know each other? I um, work for Heritage Museum of Orange County in Santa Ana. It is my dream job. I don't feel like I ever am at work. 
uh, which is how we are connected, you came to us uh, to host the annual Ghost Gathering, which is now one of our best, most popular events of the year, and my favorite. Don't tell anyone I said that. Ooh. None of the other event organizers. <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> some brownie points now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. In fact, I just had a couple book a wedding with us because they were guests at the Ghost no Gathering way. this week. Yes, I couldn't make that up. Wow, so it's money now. It yeah. means money. Yes, <laughs> apparently. So we'll be paying you royalties. No. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get royalties. But yeah, it's it's really neat. I guess the they're involved with the Orange County Midnight Society, which if you remember the uh, Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? They oh, yeah. had the Midnight Society, and that was their group. Uh -huh. Well, they started an Orange County Midnight Society that seeks out local Halloween events and ghosts, and apparently they were very impressed. They loved everything you did. Wow. Yeah. I didn't expect that. <laughs> it's very really exciting. Sweet. I've been excited to tell you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm wondering, did we... When we first met, wasn't it even before the ghost gathering was even proposed? I thought, like, um, wasn't it like when I was recruited to do some nature yes, walks yes, or something? Yes. The, was it for dino? From dinosaurs to people, yeah. which is our other biggest event right. of the year. You kindly came out and and led guided nature walks. That's how I learned the origins of sycamore. The oh, yeah. the name. <laughs> I, you. you yeah, give us give us how how you remember that name. Okay, I don't know if I'll I'll do this right, but um, you explained to everyone what is another word for ill, and everyone said sick. And if you don't have enough of something, you need. And everyone said more. So then you said, "What's the name of this tree?" <laughs> and everyone said sycamore. That stuck with me, Beautiful. and I'm certain it stuck with a lot of kids too. <laughs> I love that you remember that. Uh, that uh, um, I, one of the cool things about you, Jamie, is that um, you're probably, uh, well, there are many cool things about you, but <laughs> the, the overriding one that, uh, that touches on various aspects of your life is you're so brimming with positive energy that there's like this golden aura from a mile away. What? That, uh, That's um, crazy. Thank you. Your passion really shines through. And... Um, I'm just one. I know a little bit of your history, um, but I'm wondering how how were you? How was this bubbly, enthusiastic, passionate person, Jamie Sue Heber, uh, attracted to the museum? How how were they so blessed to get you initially? Aww. What happened? How did that work out? That's so nice. Thank you. <laughs> trying to earn my brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel obligated. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> um. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, I've always been super passionate and consumed by history. Uh, it's always been in me. Um, my parents still live in the house that they've lived in since before I was born in Old Town Orange. It's a 1927 Mediterranean revival. And, you know, it's not anything big or, you know, it's a little box house. And I always felt that I lived in the coolest house out of all my friends because uh, it was old and I knew there was a story that was there before ours mm. and 
I think growing up in Old Town Orange and appreciating my parents, you know, always took me to museums and things like that. They were really great. Um, but they taught me an appreciation for things that are old and the importance to preserve things. Um, so I just always loved it. I mean, I, I've always been weird with that. When I was 14, I was like obsessed with silent movies, which I don't think most 14 year olds would be in the 90s. So most, uh, most people didn't know what those were anymore. <laughs> right. And it was actually then that I started a huge collection of old silent movies and um, which to kind of go back to I I also loved film that was a big thing so when I got to college I wanted to be a film major but I'm not creative at all I I got fairly far with that and then I I got to a screenwriting class and I couldn't think of a story that hadn't already been told mm. and I said well I've already invested so much maybe I'll do documentary work you know and because there's already a story there and I just have to tell it but then I realized I didn't know enough about anything so I started taking history classes and immediately switched my major that was it I'm like why wasn't I doing this the whole time uh and and majored in history and um then how I got to the museum my husband proposed to me we looked for wedding venues I wanted somewhere historic and we wound up going with the Muckenthaler in Fullerton because mm -hmm. it was a historic building and supported the community. Through them, we started going to their events. I met all of the wonderful people at Heritage Museum and started volunteering at the museum. Was so sad I didn't know about it before I booked my wedding. <laughs> uh, and, and knew immediately I wanted to be there forever, every day. Uh, so I went from volunteer and bounced around, did pretty much every job there, uh, until a full-time position opened up and now it's my life and I love it. How long have you worked there? Um, I've, I started as a volunteer there six and a half years ago. I got a paid position about just a couple months after that. And then I've been doing what I do now for them for just over four years. So, wow. Yeah. It time flies when you're having fun, right? It does. I can't believe it. It's weird. It's it's really neat. And the museum's in a really cool spot right now where there's so much growth and we're meeting all kinds of really wonderful people in the community and it's a very exciting time to be a part of it. I'm very proud <laughs> and I excited. Agree. It's it's been an amazing place for so long, but most people to the well, every day more people are aware of it. So yeah. um, it has, I think, probably maybe the best reputation it's ever had, but still so many people don't know about uh -huh. it. And so would you be willing, I, I'm imagining some of our listeners don't know what this museum's about, where it is and everything. Can you give a little summary of yeah. what's so special about it? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, super long story short, uh, we are... Uh, kind of like an oasis of nature and history in the middle of a very urban community. We are in Santa Ana, uh, closer to Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa side of Santa Ana, in an area that was once known as Gospel Swamp, and it was all wetlands, and over the years, obviously, it's become uh, urbanized, but we've been able to move several historic 
homes and buildings to the property for the purpose. The whole purpose is for education and um, community. And we've been able to preserve two of the wetlands, although they're not wet. Uh, it would be They're great. Damp. They're damp. <laughs> yeah. And there's nice shade in there. Uh, there's a lot yeah, of nice yeah. shade and critters and. That that's that's standard for the you know we it was a we didn't get that much rain this year you know wetlands no. aren't always wet so I it's think that's true. all right. So. Okay, good. Yeah, don't, don't worry too much. <laughs> it's a special place even if it's dry. It's true. It yeah. really, really is. And um, we have a farm now. This is something we've developed in the last few years. We're happy to um, bring our produce to farmer's market on Sundays. Wow. And in the past, when we have a surplus of um, produce, we will do a social media blast and let our neighbors in our community know, hey, we've got all this free food. Come and get it. And we give it away for free until it's gone, uh, which is also really fun. We have a fully functioning coal forge blacksmith shop on site, which... Um, probably isn't environmentally ideal, but it does bring a lot of education, um, and, and whatnot. People can sign up for classes, uh, for the blacksmith. I think it's one of the coolest things you, I mean, everything's cool about the museum, but you can't find that sort of thing anymore. It's Anywhere. Yeah. People, people always say, oh, well, Knott's Berry Farm has one, uh, but theirs isn't a coal forge. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's not as authentic and historically accurate as ours. So it's really unique. It's awesome. Um, we have a citrus grove, rose garden, uh, all kinds of fun things. It's always, we're always enhancing. We have this mural project. We're bringing historic murals, um, to the museum grounds. I don't know if you know about this. Um, basically... Amintio Vasquez, he was a really well-known artist throughout Orange County, and most of the murals you see throughout Orange, Santa Ana, Garden Grove, he did those, and he was mostly known for telling Orange County life and experience. So uh, he passed on a few years ago, but we're very close with his family and his kids, who aren't kids, but <laughs> his grown children, who are also artists, and recently they found a mural that was about 40 feet by 20 feet divided it was separate into two murals that he had painted for an, a low rider car show at oc fairgrounds in 1989 that was rolled up and put in storage and they recently found it his um his kids rosemary and higgy personally restored the mural in their driveway hand painted it and fixed it up and donated it to the museum. Wow. So we are going to be installing a series of murals, um, the first of which is that, and then we're going to add additional murals, possibly with different themes, but all telling Orange County's history and story, and we're open to suggestions as to what you think should be a part of that. Wow. And, and so if people wanted to visit, how, how does that work? I, I know you have a website. Yeah. And, and then there's certain visiting hours because you also got weddings and, and all these awesome living history school programs. Yeah. So like if, if any of us wanted to go, how does that work out? You uh, definitely head to the website because our hours do change. Um, we are known mostly for two things, school field trips for elementary students and weddings. And weddings are 
um, inadvertently, like unintentionally become something that we do a lot of. We do at least 100 a year. And, uh, and unfortunately, even though we love doing them, they do impact our public hours. So uh, typically we're open Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, but those can change if it overlaps with a wedding. So that's part of why we like to offer so many free and open to the public community events to make up for those lost hours. So when people do have an opportunity to come when we're open, we have more to offer like our From Dinosaurs to People, where we bring in reptile rescues and wolf rescues, and um, there's just more to see and do while you're there. And you have an event page so people can find out exactly when any upcoming yes, events Yes, that's all on our website. We also have um, three Facebook pages. We have one for General Museum, and we always have an event that you can click on so you can see our upcoming events. Um, we have one for weddings and then one for volunteers. So if anyone's interested in coming out and volunteering, all of our opportunities are listed on that one. We also have an Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to keep up and with all, all of them. Uh, are they just HMOC or, or are some of them um, so Heritage Museum OC? Yeah, so our our Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest is Heritage Muse O C M U S no E. <laughs> and then uh the Facebook is just Heritage Museum of Orange County, Weddings at Heritage Museum of Orange County, so long. Uh or H M O C volunteers. Yeah, I think I got that all. <laughs> right on. Well, um check out the website and it sounds like it's updated pretty regularly. Yeah. And and Facebook and Instagram and all that. And um, uh, I try to get it there as often as I can. Um, and it's an amazing place. And, and the Kellogg House, yeah. the, getting a tour of that house, the interior is, is done so historically amazing. Um, and then, of course, the blacksmith shop. And, and the nature trail is beautiful and, and unique for, for that area. So, um, and come say hello to Jamie. Say uh, hi to yeah, me. Yeah, she, she appreciates visits. Um, <laughs> Not in the middle of a wedding, though. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do, don't come then. <laughs> right I'll get in trouble <laughs> from the brides. <laughs> All of our pets at home make sounds of, like, we've had a cat that sounds like a dolphin, things like that, so... I, uh... A cat that sounds like a dolphin. <laughs> yes. In fact, her favorite toy was a little stuffed dolphin. Aww. And she would, she would make the, like, like, sound, so... Oh, my gosh. I know, so I might already be going into this confused, so... <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> what did she learn that? Was she whopping, watching episodes of Flipper or something or, or what? I don't know, man. She just like, it was just her thing. I mean, we would always play like Animal Planet. So maybe she picked uh, it up from there. I don't know. Like the most talented cat I've ever heard of. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Okay. That's, this might be a sound your cat's capable of making. Oh, okay. Oh, that's... Underwater? No. No, that's a... That's a bird. No, that's a dolphin. 
It sounds like my cat. Uh, <laughs> is that There's Scooby? Video footage of your cat. Your <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's totally what you would sound like. That's. It's not. It's not your cat. <laughs> it's. I know that sound. <laughs> it's pecan. Pecan, don't interrupt. Pecan. Oh my gosh, I know this sound. I feel like I—it's a sound I've heard at Santa Ana Zoo. Oh really? You yeah. probably heard it around your house too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too I good. I think this game is backfiring on me. <laughs> around my house, then it's a chicken or a rooster. No. It's. Wait. Think it, think it night. Uh, think it night. <laughs> oh, raccoon. Yes. I do know that. I knew it. I knew it. After like ten guesses. That, does that sound like a raccoon? <laughs> that totally does. It's a raccoon that looks just like the ones that were under my car. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pecan's getting jealous. <laughs> know, like, like no, no, no. I'm the only animal that makes sounds. Oh, <laughs> that is a raccoon. So we're watching YouTube video of uh, baby raccoons hanging out on somebody's floor. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. It might be your backyard right there. It could be, actually. <laughs> well, good job. <laughs> they did I, sound like all of the animals you mentioned. <laughs> Really I'm good. really bad at this, but I'm up. I don't know. I don't know. Are there more? I don't know. So, um, all right. Well, you, you passed with flying colors. Name uh. it, so. so now, now. It's mm, it doesn't taste poisonous. <laughs> From the Robinson Kitchen. That's right. So, what, uh, in order to make sure you found where we live, I met you at the intersection of Ladd and Silverado Canyon Road, and I was holding these. What, yes. What are these? What are you looking at? That is, isn't, okay, I'm going to try and get fancy with this. I know it's cactus. Correct. And I want to say I know this because in the museum, mm -hmm. is it prickly pear cactus? Oh, you're so good. And I know that from Danny, our director of volunteer programs, who probably learned it from you so i don't know yeah i, I don't know the, the free flowing of knowledge at the museum is pretty <laughs> incredible i just the only reason i remember that is it, it ours started blooming recently oh, nice. i have a picture of it i'll show oh. you later but um yeah and i'm all ooh. so you eat that so uh in espanol uh this is um it would be nopal you know plural nopales okay and uh the fruit, after they flower, the fruit is called tuna or atun, and um, very popular in Mexican cuisine, but also in, in our local Native American cuisine, uh, because yes. the cactus has been here forever. And uh, this is a variety that occurs down the street in front of uh, somebody's house that is probably originates from Mexico, and it's been... Um, selectively bred to have less spines and and to be fleshy even when it's when the stems are really large uh versus our 
more wild cactus, which has a lot of fibers in it when it gets mature and it's harder to chew and their spines are larger and more numerous. Um, so this is, this is a somewhat domesticated cactus. Um, well, maybe not somewhat, probably highly domesticated, <laughs> but I, I foraged off the side of the road. So, um, it's still foraged. Two things. Yes. You were kind enough to remove the prickles. Yes. And do your neighbors know you stole this? <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, I have a good relationship with my neighbors. And <laughs> basically they see me walking with these <laughs> cactus stems almost every day. I love every it. Morning. I'll be carrying pecan or rooster <laughs> in one arm. And then I'll be pulling on the spines off these cactus in the other. So, um, yeah, I took all the spines off. And another thing you have to be careful of is they're called glockids. They're like little tiny hair-like spines around oh. the larger spine. And almost like, um, uh, what is that called? Uh, what's that? Fi um, fiberglass? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yes. You don't want to get those in your tongue. Or, or like graphite yeah, or... Yeah. Exactly. I so, know that from my golf clubs. <laughs> so I make sure I removed all of those. And in, when it's fully prepared, usually people grill them or saute them or, or, like, or they'll pickle them. Um, but a lot of people don't know you can eat them raw. And uh, uh, so I'm going to offer you some raw. I'm excited. Are you allowed to eat raw cactus vegetables? We're about to find out. All right. So Where's the nearest uh, it's hospital? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you, you, you don't think you've ever tried this before? No, I'm almost certain I haven't. Okay. I've seen, like, I've seen this on the menu in recipes at, at really nice restaurant mm -hmm. Mexican restaurants um, but I've never been brave enough to go for it so it's it's a little bit slimy so think aloe mm, but then yeah. flavor wise some people say it's sort of like a bell pepper or something like that mm. not related but um, I, I'm gonna be so you have to describe what it tastes like to you um, okay and um, it's supposedly good for diabetes or um, to lower your heard to lower your body temperature um and, and the slime could be used like wow. aloe for burns and cuts and things like that so it's really really beneficial um nutritious plant um so you can literally here i'll take a little piece off for you i'm so excited and it's rain washed so it smells really good organic no pesticides this smells like the entire produce section at a grocery store. <laughs> All at once. It smells so fresh. Okay, here we go. Just stick it in her mouth. Mmm. Okay. It's got a little slime, but, oh, now it, it like, coats your mouth with slime. <laughs> like, and, but it's, it's almost not crunchy, but chewy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really good. It's really good. What flavor-wise, how's that for you? It tastes like an unripened tomato. Oh, okay. Or like a tomatillo. Yeah, yeah. Like a little tang. A little bit. There's like a little bit of a tang to it. Um, but it tastes very earthy, but also like it kind of like you know how after you you eat really good cucumbers, like and how you feel hydrated. Yeah. That's kind of what I get from this. Like, nice. hmm, this is, I don't know. It's got to be doing something good for me, right? Like, I'm all, <laughs> I feel hydrated. <laughs> like, 
No, it's... We're, we're just waiting for some negative symptom to appear, right? <laughs> right. I mean, like... Your throat feels fine? My throat's good. Okay. I, uh... You don't see sprinkles or anything? Or no rainbow sprinkles. <laughs> I still see the regular air molecule. No, <laughs> No, it's really, really good. Do you want more? Oh my gosh, yeah. Actually, All I right. would totally yeah, eat as more. as much as you like. This is really good. I'm surprised that I like it this much. So... When you grill it, ooh. The, ooh. it even has like, it is slimy. Okay, yeah. so to describe it, it's got like, um, I don't know, like when you pull, like when you eat a grilled cheese. Yes. And like the cheese kind of gets stringy. That's what this is like. The slime is stringy like, like that. Like a Rice Krispie Treat or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the strings of stretchiness yeah. in between the... Yeah. But surely this is better for my cholesterol. So <laughs> That's right. I'm like, I would hope I'm so. into it. Yeah, yeah. I bet you could make, like, put two pieces of bread around this, fry it up. Oh, like, yeah. That'd be a good substitute for a grilled well, once cheese. Once you include frying in the combination, <laughs> it just makes everything better. Obviously. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um. So you can grill it. You can fry it. You can do anything. You can bread it. Um. When you cook it. The tanginess goes up in terms of flavor. So oh. it becomes a little stronger, and I appreciate that. Almost lemony. and mm. um, But then there's some other subtle nuances in the flavor profile that I can't really describe. But um, cooking it is great. Um, you can make it into like a cold salad, with like pico de gallo style. So oh, you just yeah. add this to the onion, cilantro, and tomatoes, and lime or lemon juice. Yeah. All chopped up together, and, it, uh, and it's amazing. That's that awesome. Yeah, so all that stuff. Um, but, uh, so the new fan? I'm definitely a fan. All oh, right. my gosh. Woo. This is awesome. Oh, my god, I'm really excited because I've always been too nervous to try mm-hmm. it. But, yay. I'm and, a fan for and, sure. And you saw, I literally picked this up walking to your car. It's true. And, and I picked off the spines literally with my fingers yeah so this variety is really easy to manage i didn't need gloves i didn't need tongs i didn't need anything so it's it's a really easy prep yeah so there's really no reason not to eat it if 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 you like the flavor that's really good i'm into it yeah thank you it doesn't taste poisonous then no it does (laughs) not taste poisonous Although I don't know if I would know what poison tastes like. So. <laughs> Jamie's still alive, folks. Woo! I made it. I made it. <laughs> is it true or is it false? I don't know. So let's find out on Urban Myths. Do you need fluoride, toothpaste, or a toothbrush in order to keep your teeth healthy? My answer is no. Um... I, I, I have this weird obsession with my teeth. <laughs> it's something that I've always, always been very diligent about. And um, I uh, recently have stopped using regular toothpaste. And I've gone to a, like, very finely milled, like, charcoal. Um, which is, uh, I did a lot of research on this before I, I went crazy with it because I didn't want to grind my teeth to nothing. Um, but I also have, uh, for the most part, stopped using a regular toothbrush and gone with, like, 
uh, bamboo and more natural uh, substances to clean my teeth and they feel cleaner than ever. Um, I think fluoride is something, I mean, you know when you brush your teeth, you can't help. You know you're going to ingest some of it. Um, I feel like that just is automatic. You try not to, but uh, I wanted an alternative to that and uh, I've never had a cavity ever. Um, wow. Yeah, I thought I had one once, but apparently I was brushing my teeth too hard. Uh, so my gums were receding and it was exposing the bone. So that's kind of what got me on the track to seek alternatives to regular fluoride toothpaste, regular toothbrushes. It started by going down to uh, a very soft bristle toothbrush uh, to where I'm now seeking more natural uh, alternatives. Um, but I know that I have a lot of room to grow with that area because there's so many other natural ways that you can keep your teeth clean without actually doing the whole song and dance with the toothbrush, which I'm curious, like, what is, what is your take on that? Well, here's my take on it. No uh, way. I'm holding a, a, a stick in front of Jamie right now. <laughs> this is, no, this is awesome. And, um, this one's a little haggard. I probably got to replace it, but, uh, um, everything I've, went through the same um process as you yeah and and you think about you only have one body uh -huh. right and and all you've got is your health right uh, excuse me i think my health is failing oh no are you allergic to the cactus <laughs> no so <laughs> So when you're putting something into your mouth, obviously it has to be something that you're 100% sure is not going to harm you in any way. I was just thinking about plastic bristles, plastic this, you know, and then obviously the different toothpaste and these mysterious ingredients, some of which you can't pronounce. No idea what they there. are. Yeah, it's, it's sort of creepy, right? Um, and then, well, and then another layer is diet. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yes. And, and I have a story that it's sort of interesting um, from the fluoride perspective. So. Um, we don't really go to a dentist anymore, but, uh, my daughter had a dentist appointment and the, the dentist said, oh, well, we're going to do a fluoride treatment and deep cleaning and everything. And I grew up getting those, mm -hmm. but then having, st I, I imagine most of our listeners have read about the risks of fluoride yeah. and everything and, and we don't necessarily want that. Um, I said, you know what? I don't want the fluoride treatment. And she said, no, you really should. And I said, why? And she was nice enough. She didn't get all upset or anything. She, she just said, oh, well, because kids these days, their diet is full of processed foods and sugars and everything, added sugar. Oh, not that kid. And we said, <laughs> oh, well, Sydney doesn't eat all that stuff. She eats vegetables and fruits, whole foods, very little processed food. She says, and then the de dentist didn't argue with us at all. She's like, oh, she doesn't need a fluoride treatment. Just like, just like that. There you go. I was like, wow. That's you know, amazing. And I'm talking to a professional, so I'm. You know, and she wasn't pushing product on me. It was amazing how honest she was. And she said, oh, yeah, we'll just clean her teeth. That's it. She, That's she should great. be fine. And then on the toothbrush thing, you know, we, we kept trying to get better toothbrushes, you know. Yeah. Softer ones made with better materials. Hopefully they can be recycled somehow uh -huh. or something. And then um, somebody told me about sticks. And I guess in India... Um, in certain parts of Asia, 
they have a known tree or a, a selection of trees where they collect their sticks to brush their teeth. That's, That's amazing. just a thing. And it's, and these are people, you know, that are here now that have told me this. They're like, oh yeah, I grew up just using sticks and everybody knows what tree it is. I can't remember the name. So if you're Indian or have a background in this, you can, um, you know, let us know on a future. Yes. But, um, and I learned, you know, there's local plants that you can use. Um, uh, this is from an oak. Uh, so I'm showing so Jamie cool. an oak stick. And then um, I've also harvested willow. And uh, willow has aspirin built into it, salicylic acid. So that might help you at certain times, you know, if you're having issues with your gums or whatever. Um, but both work. They're both dense, fibrous sticks. So yeah. once you chew on it, Oh and, my gosh. and take all the bark off you expose all these fibers and you can make it to your level of softness that is amazing so eventually this one doesn't look the best but when i started out it looked beautiful um, <laughs> i can you, see it though i can yeah, you see get it all these soft bristles and depending on how much you chew it they're, they're going to be as sensitive as you want them to be um on your gums and teeth and then and then you just move it around your mouth and it's yeah it's amazing like and it's exactly the same i mean you're using wood just burnt yeah charcoal you know yeah is burnt wood so um it's the same sort of feeling because you know yeah you, you feel like you've gotten one of those deep cleans where they're using the you know the machine uh -huh. of the dentist, like and and your mouth feels nice that's exactly it it works with sticks oh so, my god so something i would encourage you to experiment with i don't think it's for everybody but <laughs> probably um, not. But it's really, I mean, definitely something I would try. That's because it, I mean, it looks like bristles, yeah. but like made for your, like, it's a custom toothbrush, like from yeah. nature, and it's good. You could design, I mean, you could even carve it. You can, you know, you could pick whatever length and thickness of stick. That's you can awesome. get a knife and whittle it a little bit, and then the bristle length and the bristle softness and everything is all you that's and, amazing you know versus letting some company run your, yeah. your health you know you can do it yourself so you could find oh i like oak better than willow or i like and there's other woods you know that are you, I, I haven't tried um many trees oh, i tried cottonwood before and that worked that's awesome fine. so it's really customizable and i think people like diy customizing um and you know you're into films. I'm into films. Remember Shakespeare in Love? Yes. Um, that was one of our favorites when that came out. We watched it a million times. And it's got a lot of quotable lines in it. But there's a scene where um, Gwyneth Paltrow's character is in a daze because she's already in love and everything. And she has to brush her teeth. And and the her maid or whatever, her nurse or whatever yeah. she has, like, gives her a stick. And it has the little bristles on the end. It looks just right. like she sticks it in her mouth and she doesn't even really brush her teeth because she's so in love and everything and then she's like spit you know and she spits oh my god it looks just like the stick i'm amazed <laughs> that that didn't start a trend right then and there because that was a really popular movie i know i know oh so, my gosh no yeah. that's amazing so how i mean i guess you could do the same for like floss like you could oh, yeah. strip well, it or well, yeah, you don't have to buy floss, obviously, and and there's certain threads that I guess you can buy, but you can use fibers from nature in that right. respect, too. There's a lot of, like, 
yucca fibers and there's a lot of stringy plants yeah um uh milkweed is another one i mean each one is going to have its own properties so you got to make some you might have to strip the you know soak or strip or something so you don't have any of the negative chemical compounds i'm not talking about poison but like might have sure. soap in it or something like that so, yeah um but then the other thing is you might not need to floss as much because the way these bristles yeah. are created um you can reach into all those cracks and everything and you can even make a, your own pick yeah like picks work too you know totally and, and that could be any width That's you know awesome uh, you know you don't necessarily need a knife but if you have a nice knife then you can constantly shape like I could take I have the bristles on one end I could just sharpen that to be like a good tooth and my yeah stick and there you go that makes so much sense I mean I'm all about free empowerment health and it yeah so far I haven't had any negative issues my wife was having the gum recession problem really and she's always in pain and she I kept pushing her to because toothpaste also has a lot of um it, uh, not only is it made, designed to taste good and all that, which is probably an issue, um, but it has a little bit of grit and everything in it. Uh-huh. And then combine that with the bristles, and you could really harm yourself if you're not brushing just right and totally, you know, you know too long, too hard. These are all. I risks. literally set a timer for when I brush my teeth. It's. it's I'm kind of crazy. Oh, I, no, I don't think that's. <laughs> I think it's important. I I, I think people. Um, are almost addicted to their tools and, and they're abusing yeah. them in that process. Totally. And and it's not, there's not a consciousness there. You're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just doing it. And and then you might actually endure some suffering, self-inflicted mm-hmm. suffering because you're not paying attention to your body. Totally. It's like if your gums are receding, you're doing that to yourself. It's so true. Yeah. That was completely self-inflicted. Right. Um, I... I, I our whole family, same thing. You you get sort of in this like yeah. You know, I'm making this motion with <laughs> my hands right now. You know, um, that could look wrong, but uh, but you know, it's with true. The hand, you know, you're just like jabbing it into your mouth, and, and you think like you know, the harder of, yeah. you do it, like, like the cleaner it. it's gonna be. Right. And it's like no, these are your teeth. Scrubbing a car, scrubbing. Yeah, yeah it's the same kind the paint of, off of a piece yeah. Of wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's the same kind of thing. That being said, another thing that I've been doing is um, oil pulling. Um, What's oil pulling? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so just it's just coconut oil, mm-hmm. and you swish it around in your mouth for a while, and it's that alone is really good for cleaning out your mouth, and um, it's known to pull stains from teeth. And it's totally a natural what? thing. So, just so you know. That's amazing. Yes. It started, I totally bought into like a fad. Um, and they, <laughs> this company was selling these little oil pulling packets. And then I realized they're just, it's just coconut oil. Um, uh. So, you can just swish it around in your mouth. I think I usually do it for about 60 seconds. And hmm. then um, spit it out. And it also gives that really clean awesome oh, yeah. it's kind of a, a an acquired taste um i like the flavor of coconut oil okay yeah. i don't but oh. I, I it's you worth probably, it i wonder if i wonder if it's just the fact that it's a certain type of oil like what are, i wonder if there's options there like, since yeah you i don't, don't know like coconut oil, yeah maybe you can find another oil and replace it 
I'm gonna like, investigate oil or something else. I don't know right. if that tastes any better, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. That would be worth investigating then. I will do that. I will let Maybe you know. Maybe there's a, a spectrum of oils that we can like use. a certain kind. Yeah, based on your mood and flavor right. preference and everything. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah. Wow. I'll let you I, know how that goes. That yeah, please. Well, I, I'm already gonna swish my mouth full of oil now. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'll eat the cactus. You go for the coconut oil. I don't we'll have be any set. coconut oil. I'm just gonna use Wesson. I'm just gonna dump that in my Beautiful. Mouth. <laughs> Beautiful. That's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie, it's working. <laughs> Show all your face. It's so shiny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I always have these stains on my shirt and I oh, feel a little funky. It's so but... true. <laughs> Again, make sure you wear a bib. So, you're <laughs> good. Bib. You'll be yes, fine. Right. You'll be fine. <laughs> Hey, what's in your trail mix? Okay, Jamie, what did I put in your hands? What is this product? Betty Crocker Rich and Creamy Vanilla Frosting, and might I add, it's America's favorite frosting. <laughs> I wonder how old this is. This might be from the 90s or something. I'm not sure. It looks... 80s 90s um sea bottom for expiration date um uh, oh you ready for this yes okay it's december of december 24th maybe you guys bought this for christmas eve mm -hmm. baking i don't know um what year do you think uh now it's my turn to quiz you <laughs> <laughs> it looks old, but I'm trying to remember now when we received this as a gift or, or purchased it. I'm not quite sure. I, um, I'm going to say 2009. Ooh, you're close. 2010. Oh, okay. 2010. So, so this is an 18-year-old. Um, Wait, 18? 2010? Two, oh, my God. Gosh. It looks 18 years old. Eight-year-old. <laughs> Eight-year-old um, frosting. It looks 18 years Like, they could have changed the label. 18. Like, doesn't this look like this has been the same label since, like, yeah. probably, like, the 50s or 60s? I mean, I bet if you put this on a shelf at a grocery store after dusting it off a little bit, someone would buy it. It doesn't look that... Like, it's the same label. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I... I, I Sadly, I think that's true. And I say sadly because I can't wait to hear you read this ingredients out loud. <clears throat> Here we go. Um, sugar. Partially hydrogenated soybean and cottonseed oil. You could swish that in your mouth. <laughs> yes. This is going to clean your mouth, oh, Joel. Oh, perfect. Um, and, and, <laughs> and cancel it out at the same time with the sugar. Yeah. yeah, 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 you're good, all in one. Like, it feeds into itself. Um, we have high maltose corn syrup. There's water in here. Um, probably all dehydrated now. Uh, corn starch. It contains 1% or less of salt. Okay, this is where it gets fun. Uh, distilled monoglycerides color added and yellows five and six 
dang. Poor one, two, three, four. They got left out. Oh. <laughs> Polysorbate 60. Again, why 60? Uh, sodium steroylactylate? <laughs> Isn't that like a milk product? I, I think. don't know. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know. I think lack, lack. I don't know. Sodium acid py pyrophosphate. Oh, guess what? There's natural and artificial flavor. Now, so there's oh, natural, oh, but it doesn't. Apparently, it's not in the high enough percentage to actually list what the natural one is. Uh -huh. um, citric acid. I see that on almost every label. Um, oh, but, but here we go. Freshness preserved by potassium sorbate. Oh, good. So it's probably still fresh. <laughs> I'm certain. Uh, it may contain milk ingredients. May? It may. They're just not sure. They're they can't guarantee it. Yeah, they just want to make sure it might be in there, but, um, <laughs> just in case anyone's allergic to anything, but, right. um, but yeah, there's, uh. Is that it? That that's it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so what what do you think after reading that label, knowing that you're watching what goes in your body, how inclined are you <laughs> to consume this product? I don't know. I've been addicted to distilled monoglycerides for quite some time. <laughs> right. Um, it's been really hard to cut them out of my diet, <laughs> but uh, you know discussing it and saying it out loud definitely helps the process this is process yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i don't even know what this is i have no idea what's in here after reading that, is that does that scare you or is it like well if it's on cake i'm still probably gonna eat it i because mm. it definitely scares me it does Oh, yeah. Because we can get invited to parties. Like, I swear, I can't count the number of times I've been with somebody else. And normally I do scrutinize ingredients of things and everything. But they're like, I'm hungry and that's all that's there. And so I eat it. But then some of those times, my body tells me, oh, what did you just do? Like, oh, you know, yes. Like, an hour later. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, even though it's, it might even seem like a healthy product or whatever. You mm -hmm. know, but, but then, like, I feel like, for me, I need to, I feel like it's, it comes across as rude, and I don't want to, I don't want to pry, and I don't want people to have to, I don't know, I want to know what's in my food if yes. I'm eating it. Like, why is that even a, why would somebody take offense at that, you know, like, I think that anyone that knows you shouldn't take offense to that. I think <laughs> that true. they know what they're getting so themselves you're... into. And I think if you go to anyone's birthday party that invites you and doesn't know you that well to where they won't understand why you won't eat their Betty Crocker frosted cake. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, where's the consideration for just the average non-bearded, non-barefooted <laughs> naturalist <laughs> person? Like... Why, why, why is like, if, if we were all just the average people at yeah. an average party, why is there not that consideration for everybody's health? Like, I don't know. I feel like, like I've also noticed like, oh, it's a party. So we'll buy the cheapest 
for everybody at the party. Because you can get more. Yeah, because we can get more. But not that we would eat that normally. Right. And it's like, why does all of a sudden the level drop? And and we're st- it's not like we're just sticking it in our armpits and, and you know we're right. still consuming it. It's, right. And it and our, I mean, how, what's your take on all of this? I it's funny because I was just talking to John, my husband, last night about this, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that healthy food is more expensive. Yep. I think that's what it comes down to. I think like everything else, it comes to money. And it's really, really rough. Um, and that's and all price fixing. Like, if absolutely. you really think about it, like, especially what you just read, mm-hmm. who knows where all of these different ingredients are coming from? Yeah, no Trucked, idea. Mind, you know. Says distributed by General Mills Sales, Minneapolis, Minnesota, but distributed by oh right. i just noticed it's gluten-free oh it is oh they care Ooh. they care <laughs> at least it's gluten-free now wouldn't that be strange if that wasn't gluten-free i mean it's frosting <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't have gluten in it anyway i think they it's just true they're getting away with some marketing rights. oh 100 percent. yeah yeah they're like, like, like oh that's a thing i've seen fruit labeled with stickers that say gluten-free on or it. my favorite vegan (laughs) like what come on (laughs) no but it's so frustrating it makes zero sense to me i mean what does it take to make frosting you have sugar which i mean is the first listed ingredient they get credit for that they get that but i mean there's sugar i mean i don't know i'm i'm no betty crocker (laughs) but um i i i one of my best friends she makes all of her frostings from scratch, and it is the most phenomenal. Oh, yeah. oh she's amazing. I love her so much. There's so few ingredients. There's right? so few ingredients, and it makes zero sense to me that the to purchase those ingredients, the three ingredients it takes to make something from scratch High that quality. doesn't have all of this, High something natural, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that this would be cheaper right. than that. Yeah, this they're probably almost giving it to you for free. It's Absolutely, probably, probably like buy it in bulk for. You're buying for convenience pennies. with this. And and yet they've exploited more of the world. They you know there's more energy and resources that have gone into this Betty Crocker thing. Yeah. Than a few ingredients from down the block that might have been grown at a local farm. Yes. And it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's so frustrating and like that's if, if we reverse. I feel like. If somehow we organized, we as humans, and made the costs actually reflect the yeah. process, oh yeah, then all this local organic stuff would be incredibly inexpensive. Totally. And then Betty Crocker and all all this other stuff would be outrageously expensive. It's like, oh, that cost a million dollars because we had to, you know, there was like. 400,000 people that were involved in yeah. making that. And they had to, like, drill for oil in order to get one. Right? Of the, you know, right? And now people want to swish oil <laughs> in their mouths. Like, what do we do with that? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a whole thing. <laughs> but seriously, um, it's, it's, it's I think frustrating. I agree with you 100%. Like, that would solve the world health crisis like in or in urban culture absolutely think, like, obesity and all those issues if the cost for healthy stuff was affordable 
it's so true and it's so sad um in that whole regard you know you go to the grocery store and even though the produce is more expensive and you know the actual ingredients to make something like this is more expensive than just buying this it's the vegetables that you buy the fruit that you buy is still never as good as something you grow at home oh and you know grow i mean it does obviously it takes work and time and care but if you're able even in like a little tiny pot to grow something on your own i go to in a kitchen window in a kitchen window oh my gosh it's the cheapest thing you could do and it's something that you can harvest over and over and over again it would keep on giving but save the seeds it's exactly only parts of it at a time that's right and but the problem is that is so overwhelming to so many people because it's something so foreign to them people just i think that's the key they're not connected to their food and that's such an important thing the other thing is just exposure you under the right positive circumstances with a mentor somebody who knows how to do it see that was easy yeah actually it was more rewarding yeah now we have cultivated a relationship with our environment with this plant we get to watch it grow we get to the, the responsibility that it gives you a yeah. sense of purpose. Oh, it's amazing. It's like all the things that we're losing because of convenience yes. can be regained by taking care of a plant. Easily. That's that such a good a way gift. to put it. That gives you a gift in the end. It's, it's like, thanks so for taking true. care of me. Here's food. Here's I am attached to my tomatoes. Like, to the <laughs> point where I feel bad eating them. But they're family members. But yes, they want they're you my to babies. Because, well, that's the other cool thing about this relationship, <laughs> right? Is. The plant is making this amazingly tasty, beautiful fruit on purpose for you to consume it yeah. so it can pass on its seed. Totally. It wants you to take it. It wants me to. Okay, I'm going to go home and eat all the tomatoes. It, it's like, yay! <laughs> Spread my seed, please. Right? No, but it's awesome. I, I, I'm not, I have so much to learn with gardening and so growing my us. own food, but... The first time I was able to get a tomato to grow on the... And I try to grow them from seeds because I get seeds from from the museum and our farm. Nice. And I grew corn last year, but uh, our farmer told me one crucial step um, or left out one crucial step. So I had no seeds on my corn. But the husks were beautiful. <laughs> so this year I'm going to try uh, try it with that, that other step. Um, and so, and the community can come to the museum and volunteer every Saturday. Yeah. And one of the perks is they can take some of it. Um, if we have some that are Moises, he is amazing. He is the guy that kind of spearheads our farm out there and he is incredible. He, uh, he's truly there for the community. So, um, he appreciates the help and tries to reward the people that come out. I always see people carrying carrots and um fresh herbs and things from the farm after a hard day's work so connecting people to their food it's so it's such a big deal we moises and i we actually do a a stage show at oc fair every year too um talking about the importance of eating ugly food uh because you see those beautiful tomatoes and oranges and lemons you know at the grocery store but they just don't hit the mark they're just not as good um Whereas if you grow your own, they're not controlled. They do their own weird spastic 
growth and right. get all warped and funky. Blotchy but and, oh, they're yeah. so good. They're so much better. So well, I and I think your your definition of beautiful changes too. So you don't totally. even consider that ugly. That is beautiful. It is it's beautiful. Regular and striped and spotted and blotched and the textures. It's off amazing. It. Yeah, the flavor is unbelievably better. Yeah. With all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, those those cartoon versions of everything at the grocery store do not even come close. No, they taste like nothing. They taste probably like eight-year-old Betty Crocker <laughs> <Right>. frosting. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Check out part two of this podcast, including Shit in the Woods, No Escape, Deep Green Thoughts, and Sage Scrub Superwoman. Thank you for listening. Hearing owls above us as they talk On another starry moonlit walk I look on over to see you My neighbor Our laughing echoes fill the Our conversation feels so right And excited glow beams all over My neighbor I see Caleb in his van With surfers hair and tat hands I see Angie, I see Brett En route to work, I bet you're always here with me, wherever I may be. I see you at the show. I see you from below. I see you say hello, Silverado. Ah, ah, ah. I see Johnny, I see Anne bringing music for the band. I see Claude, I see Rick with their Canyon Market stick. You're always here with me, wherever I may be. I see you at the show. I see you from below. I see you say hello, Silverado. 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 Silverado.